paper, the prayer list was one, and this little piece of paper, does everybody got one? Okay. All right, we're going to back up just a minute for <clears throat> who wasn't here last Sunday. Okay, we'll back up a little bit for in chapter 4 of Daniel, just a little bit, and then we'll go to chapter 5, and uh, we'll see what the Lord has for us there. <clears throat> last week, the second vision that, that Nebuchadnezzar had, and... Uh, uh, he asked Daniel to interpret it for him, and he did, and he used a, a, a figure of speech there as seven periods of time. And let's pick this up in verse 28 of chapter 4. We won't read it all, but <clears throat> this is... And all this happened to Nebuchadnezzar. That is, that what he said would happen that he would become mentally ill and he would graze like the cattle and his, uh, his, he would be um, eating grass and, and there's a condition that, that's called even today. Uh, <clears throat> all this happened to Nebuchadnezzar the king. Twelve months later, he was walking on the roof um, and uh, the king reflected... Um, this is not, is this not Babylon the Great, which I myself have built, a royal residence by the might of my power and for the glory of my majesty. And while the word was in the king's mouth, the voice came from heaven saying, King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is declared sovereignty has been removed from you. And then what we just described happened and verse 34, he says, but at the end of the period, which was this seven years, uh, I, Nebuchadnezzar, raised my high eyes toward heaven. My reason returned to me. I blessed the Most High and praised and honored him who lives forever. Uh, <clears throat> skip down to verse 36. And at that time, my reason returned to me. My majesty and splendor were restored to the uh, <clears throat> for the glory of my kingdom and my counselors and nobles begin to seek me out so I was reestablished in my sovereignty and <clears throat> surpassing greatness was added to me <clears throat> now I Nebuchadnezzar praise and exalt and honor the king of heaven for all his works are true his ways are just he is able to humble those who walk in pride. And we, we said that that's what the deal was. He, he was very prideful. <coughs> and so um, the Lord humbled him. In chapter uh, 2, we had where, where Daniel, uh, when he prayed to the Lord to get the answer for the first uh, a dream he had, uh, Daniel acknowledged that it's it's uh, the Lord himself who removes kings and establishes kings and gives wisdom to wise men. So all of this is coming to play. Uh, now we're going to chapter 5, and we're going to let the reader read chapter 5, and then we're going to come back and make some comments about, about this. <coughs> 
great feast for a thousand of his nobles, and he was drinking wine in the presence of the thousand. <coughs> when Belshazzar tasted the wine, he gave orders to bring the gold and silver vessels which Nebuchadnezzar, his father, had taken out of the temple which was in Jerusalem, so that the king and his nobles, his wives and his concubines, might drink from them. When they brought the gold vessels that had been taken out of the temple, the house of God, which was in Jerusalem, and the king and his nobles, his wives and his concubines, drank from them. They drank the wine and praised the gods of gold and silver, of bronze, iron, wood, and stone. Suddenly the fingers of a man's hand emerged and began writing opposite the lampstand on the plaster of the wall of the king's palace, and the king saw the back of the hand that did the writing. Then the king's face grew pale, and his thoughts alarmed him, and his hip joints went slack, and his knees began knocking together. The king called aloud to bring in the conjurers, the Chaldeans, and the diviners. The king spoke and said to the wise men of Babylon, Any man who can read this inscription and explain its interpretation to me shall be clothed with purple and have a necklace of gold around his neck and have authority as third ruler in the kingdom. Then all the king's wise men came in, but they could not read the inscription or make known its interpretation to the king. Then King Belshazzar was greatly alarmed. His face grew even paler, and his nobles were perplexed. The queen entered the banquet hall because of the words of the king and his nobles. The queen spoke and said, O king, live forever. Do not let your thoughts alarm you, or your face be pale. There is a man in your kingdom, in whom is the spirit of the holy gods, and in the days of your father, illumination, insight, and wisdom, like the wisdom of the gods, were found in him. And King Nebuchadnezzar, your father, your father the king, appointed him chief of the magicians, conjurers, Chaldeans, and diviners. This was because an extraordinary spirit, knowledge and insight, interpretation of dreams, explanation of enigmas, and solving of difficult problems were found in this Daniel, whom the king named Belteshazzar. Let Daniel now be summoned, and he will declare the interpretation. Then Daniel was brought in before the king. The king spoke and said to Daniel, Are you that Daniel who is one of the exiles from Judah, whom my father the king brought from Judah? Now I have heard about you that a spirit of the gods is in you, and that illumination, insight, and extraordinary wisdom have been found in you. Just now the wise men and the conjurers were brought in before me, that they might read this inscription and make its interpretation known to me. But they could not declare the interpretation of the message. But I personally have heard about you, that you are able to give interpretations and solve difficult problems. Now, if you are able to read the inscription and make its interpretation known to me, you will be clothed with purple and wear a necklace of gold around your neck, and you will have authority as the third ruler in the kingdom. Then Daniel answered and said before the king, Keep your gifts for yourself or give your rewards to someone else. However, I will read the inscription to the king and make the interpretation known to him. O king, the Most High God granted sovereignty, grandeur, glory, and majesty to Nebuchadnezzar your father. Because of the grandeur which he bestowed on him, all the peoples, nations, and men of every language feared and trembled before him. Whomever he wished, he killed, and whomever he wished, he spared alive. And whomever he wished, he elevated, and whomever he wished, he humbled. But when his heart was lifted up and his spirit became so proud that he behaved arrogantly, 
he was deposed from his royal throne and his glory was taken away from him. He was also driven away from mankind and his heart was made like that of beasts and his dwelling place was with the wild donkeys. He was given grass to eat like cattle and his body was drenched with the dew of heaven until he recognized that the Most High God is ruler over the realm of mankind and that he sets over it whomever he wishes. Yet you, his son, Belshazzar, have not humbled your heart, even though you knew all this, but you have exalted yourself against the Lord of heaven, and they have brought the vessels of his house before you, and you and your nobles, your wives, and your concubines have been drinking wine from them, and you have praised the gods of silver and gold, of bronze, iron, wood, and stone, which do not see, hear, or understand. But the God in whose hand are your life breath and all your ways, you have not glorified. Then the hand was sent from him, and this inscription was written out. Now this is the inscription that was written out. Mani, mani, tukul, uparsin. This is the interpretation of the message. Mani, God has numbered your kingdom and put an end to it. Tukul, you have been weighed on the scales and found deficient. Haris. Your kingdom has been divided and given over to the Medes and Persians. Then Belshazzar gave orders, and they clothed Daniel with purple, and put a necklace of gold around his neck, and issued a proclamation concerning him, that he now had authority as the third ruler in the kingdom. That same night Belshazzar, the Chaldean king, was slain. So Darius the Mede received the kingdom at about the age of sixty-two. Okay. You remember when we were in the epistles, they were the Jews were very proud of the fact that Abraham was their father. And that term was used a lot. Abraham, your father. Well, we all know that Abraham was not their their father, but it was figuratively they came from him. But we have a singular situation here. At the end of chapter 4, at the end of chapter 4 is the end of Nebuchadnezzar's reign because when you see the first first verse, first word in chapter 5 was Belshazzar. <coughs> Belteshazzar. <coughs> so we're talking about somebody else. Now if you look at that little piece of paper I gave you, and this is from Dr. Pentecost, uh, Art's going to read that, <coughs> and then he's going to read another little statement from him. And then we'll go from there. Go ahead, baby. The events recorded in Daniel 1 through 4 are the events of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, who died in 562 BC and ruled for 43 years. Evil Merodach rules for two years. Nereglisar ruled for four years, as found in Jeremiah 39, 3 and 13. Labashi Marduk rules only two months. Debonidus reigned 17 years, of which 10 years he was absent. Belshazzar was Nebonidus' oldest son and appointed as co-regent by his father. Co-regency is a monarchical position such as king, queen, emperor, or empress held by two persons when normally held by only one. Okay, let me stop him just a minute. Aren't you glad he pronounced those names? <laughs> Uh, so, the period of time between the end of chapter 4 and the, end of, and the beginning of chapter 5 could, is easily 30 years, and it could be longer. Uh, 
So, so we need to read that. A lot, of, a lot has happened, and as Art just read, we have one, two, three, four other people that ruled until you got to uh, Belteshazzar. And, uh, and he was co-ruler with his dad at that point. Okay, honey, read the other. Just to clarify, uh, Belteshazzar is actually the other name for Daniel. Belshazzar is the king that we're talking about. Thank you. Thank you. Back to the commentary. <coughs> Belshazzar was Nabonidus' eldest son and was appointed by his father as his co-regent. Nebuchadnezzar is referred to as Belshazzar's father in the sense that he was his ancestor or predecessor. This co-regency explains why Belshazzar was called king and why he exercised kingly authority even though Nabonidus actually held the throne. Babylon was being besieged by the Persian army led by Ubaru, government, governor of Gutium, while Belshazzar inside the city was giving a great banquet for 1,000 of his nobles. Belshazzar's name means Bel, another name for the god Marduk, has protected the king. Perhaps the banquet was given to show Belshazzar's contempt for the Persians and to allay his people's fears. Archaeologists have excavated a large hall in Babylon, 55 feet wide and 165 feet long, that had plastered walls. Such a room would have been sufficient to house a gathering of this size. Belshazzar considered his city secure from assault because of its massive walls. Within the city were supplies that would sustain it for 20 years. Therefore, the king felt he had little cause for concern. Okay. While this feast was going on, Babylon was being besieged. <laughs> That's, uh, that, that tells you something. And as Art just read, Dr. Pentecost said that they've had provisions within the palace for 20 years. Uh, they were preppers before preppers were, <laughs> were, were, uh, were valid. But anyway, that's, that's what happened here. And in verse 3, they had brought the gold vessels that had been taken out of the temple, the house of God, which was in Jerusalem, and the kings and the nobles, his wives, and so forth, drank. And this, this pushes it back uh, here now some, some 50, 60 years uh, at, this, at this point when they brought the, the vessels from Jerusalem and besieged it and brought Daniel, Meshach, and Abednego as, as teenagers to Babylon. So a lot of time has taken place here. And as we talked about last week, uh, we don't, we we change pretty quick. Our our ideas of what's going on and right and wrong and everything else, it quickly changes, you know. And we've mentioned that last week. But anyway, at this particular time, this man's hand appeared on the wall, and and the king, uh, pronounce it for me. Bel Belshazzar. 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 You know, he, he knew there was something there. And, uh, and so he asked, he asked his people to come and, uh, and interpret it. 
And they couldn't. Now, Daniel wasn't at this feast <laughs> uh, because uh, he was summonsed. Uh, and he, he said, uh, well, his wife told him in verse 11, there is a man in your kingdom in whom the spirit of the holy gods, and we talked about this last week, uh, you know, although Nebuchadnezzar had, had said, you know, there is but one God, uh, they went back to this thing of being uh, polytheistic. It was a lot of different gods there. And he says, uh, uh, the holy gods in the days of your father, which, as I said a while ago, this was uh, back to Nebuchadnezzar, who was the father, but here we have four generations coming down uh, to, to this point. Uh, and he says, Your father the king appointed him as chief. Uh, verse 12, This was because an extraordinary spirit of knowledge and insight and interpretation of dreams explaining uh, difficult problems were found in Daniel and um, let Daniel be summoned. So he came. He, he came and he summonsed him. And then he gave this pronouncement. He said, you'll be third ruler of the kingdom. And I'll put purple on you and a, and a gold chain around your neck. And uh, verse 17, Daniel said, you can keep all that stuff. But I'll, I'll do the interpretation. He says in verse 18, O king, the most high God, granted sovereignty to you and grandeur and glory and majesty to Nebuchadnezzar your father. We talked about that last week, that the that sovereignty of the Lord comes out through the book repeatedly, 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 that God is sovereign and he's over everything. He's over Nebuchadnezzar. He's over the rulers of everything. And it's true today. God is still sovereign in everything, regardless of how big we think we are and how much we know and how how much we put in our own <clears throat> knowledge and, and, and abilities. God is still in control. And sometimes we forget that. Or we get so arrogant that, that, uh, that we, we just do. Verse 19, Because of the grandeur which He, the Lord, bestowed on Him, Nebuchadnezzar, all the people, nations, every language feared and trembled him. He killed who he wanted to. He elevated who he wanted to. Verse 20, But when his heart was lifted up uh, and his spirit became so proud, he became arrogant. And we know from last uh, chapter 4 what happened. Uh, he was made to uh, go like the animals and eat grass and and was out in the field. Uh, verse 22. Yet you, his son, have not humbled your heart, even though you knew this. I think that's probably some of the saddest commentary for us today. We know what the Lord is capable of doing. And it's kind of like we thumb our nose at him that, well, we're not going to, he's not going to do that to us. Uh, he very well could do that to us because he's God. And as Isaiah has told us, and it's a thing that rings true, I am God and there is no 
other. And when we think we're so big in our britches, God can humble us. And he has a lot of ways he can do that. And you can just think, think to yourself about uh, the ways that the Lord has got that he can humble us. When we're obedient to him, obey, 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 obey. How many times did God have to say it? We say it to our own children. Just obey us. Just obey us. It's a different ball game. It's a different ball game when we are obedient. So he says, you knew this. Verse 22. And you, you didn't humble your heart. Verse 23. You have exalted yourself against the Lord of heaven. You have brought the vessels of his house before you. And you folks have been drinking and you've been praising the gods of gold, silver, bronze, wood, and stone, which do not see, hear, or understand. But the God in whose hand are your life breath and the ways you have not glorified. These, all these things can't, can't do it. You know, we talked about that in Isaiah. Art was telling us about they took a piece of wood and make idols of it, and then they make an idol of this part, and then, then, then they burn the other part. And the comment was made, what if they burn the wrong part, you know? But it's, they can't do anything. These idols can't do anything, but the God of heaven holds our breath in our hands. And he says, you are arrogant. Then the hand was sent from him, 24, verse 24. And the inscription was written out. And he says, verse 26, God has numbered your kingdom and put an end to it. You have been weighed in the scales and found deficient. Your kingdom has been divided and given to the Medes and Persians. Belteshazzar, Bells, this guy, <laughs> gave orders and clothed Daniel, and he wasn't concerned about that. Look at verse 30. And the same night he was slain. And what's the next verse say? Darius the Mede received the kingdom. He lost his kingdom that quick, you know. It left the Babylonians, and now it's in the hands of the Persians. And that's who they were fighting. That's who they were besieging. While the thousand people were having uh, their lavish banquet there. Uh, and they, they failed that quick. There's a lot we can learn from a couple of little verses here. Let's look at them. Verse, verses 26. God has numbered your kingdom and put an end to it. Let's put this a little bit more personal and not quite like the kingdom of the his head. The Lord says in Psalms 139 that he's numbered our days. That he's numbered them 
from the foundation, from as soon as we were conceived, <clears throat> we had an end date. God, because he's God, knew what that end date was. I don't know when it is. I'm glad I don't know. You reckon Carl Vinson had any idea when he went to Hope that morning, that that afternoon he would meet some episode that would later take his life? He had no idea. <coughs> we don't know. We don't know what, what time we've got. We need to live our lives every day like it's the last one. Every day. Our days are numbered. Sometimes we don't like to think about that. But they're numbered. You've been following the, obit the obituaries in the paper the last couple of months and See the 24-year-olds and the 18-year-olds and the 19-year-olds that have passed on. Some by their own hand. We need to understand that God's in control and our days are numbered. Look at verse 27. You have been weighed on the scales and have found deficient. We normally look at the scales of justice <clears throat> and we, we look at the balance there of the scales. And as we've often talked about, we can't do enough good for us to balance the scales. We can go through every seat in here and we all are with sin and we've all fallen short of what God said. What does one of the Roman roles? For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We're all deficient. When we, God steps up in the, the, his righteousness, we're deficient. When we say yes to Jesus, he takes, he takes our insufficiencies and makes them sufficient. When we get to heaven, how are we going to get there? Because of Jesus and his shed blood and his righteousness. It's nothing we've done. We are deficient in our scales. 28. Your kingdom has been divided. Well, we're not monarchs by any, but even the monarchies and the, and the places that we feel secure in this land that we live in, the greatest land on the face of the earth, in my opinion, and yet we've got problems. When you can have 
when you can have uh, a correspondence dinner and when all kind of vile things are said against people, where's our common decency? Where's our, where's our, what's wrong with us, you know? What's wrong with us? And yet we wonder when it comes to school shootings and all these kind of, kind of things. I don't know that we'll ever come back to what we knew as I knew as a boy and what you knew. But the Lord is in control. The Lord is not one with made of stone or that can't hear. And we understand what he is. The king here met his, met his maker because of his arrogance. Because he didn't trust God all the way from the beginning. We have gone through this so many times. What's the first commandment? You shall have no other gods before me. None. And it's been downhill since then. Been downhill since then. Well, we're going to quickly go in Daniel now to uh, other things. And we're going to start beginning to set the stage for end times. Uh, remember that this part of the show, we've got one more pretty good story. Guess what the story is yet that's coming? We haven't been to it yet. We haven't gone to the lion's den yet, but that's real quick. And uh, we'll we'll see we'll see what we've got there. Okay, so uh, we'll we'll uh, I'm letting you out a little early today, so we'll get to the choir and get your favorite seat.